today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Michael, we do have an election coming up on Monday. You, yes, we do. You probably, and we've talked about this last time you were on, you probably know more about this election and more about the candidates than anybody else in this city, having done 15 ward debates and a mayoral debate. And before I get into... 14 debates. 14. We didn't have to do one for 11. Okay. 14. Uh, Before I get into the thing I really want to talk about, I do want to say you were here when you were here last time. You said, uh, "Did you watch the any of the debates?" Well, I hadn't seen all of them. I did, upon your suggestion, go and watch (laughs) the mayoral debate. Oh, lucky you! Wasn't that two hours of riveting television? And you and I said this before jokingly, but now I'm going to actually stand by it. Okay. And this is not a comment on your work. Your work was great. It was like watching Alex Trebek in Half Wits during the old <laughs> SCTV skits sometimes. Yeah. It was like herding cats. It was it was very interesting at times, uh, for the most part. Um, my look, favorite, uh, let me tell you my favorite part. Okay. I got to jump in. My favorite Please. part, my favorite line, and I'm not going to say who the person was because this is not about embarrassing people. No, of course not. But my favorite line was at one point when someone was talking and they said, listen, I'm not saying I'd be the best mayor. I know exactly who you're talking about. Why are you running then? How can you put that? That's not, maybe that's what you should put on your sign. I'm not saying I'd be the best mayor, but. So I know, I know you had Lauren on last week and I know that I I listened to a good chunk of it and there was discussion and and I agree with a couple things, both you and Lauren were saying, and I've been saying this for a while too. If you want to run for mayor there, you have to up the ante. You have to put in. You have to put in a few more bucks, and I really like the idea of some sort of a civics quiz or test. Again, you don't have to know all the ins and outs, but you have to be able to speak intelligently about what's going on. Because what I found, not only with the mayoral debate, but a few of the others, it seemed like at times candidates threw down their money and registered for one reason and one reason only was because they had a feather in their cap. They had a bone to pick with the incumbent. And they didn't have any other thought, any other agenda, any other plan. They just wanted their 15 minutes to be able to have their have their words with whoever the incumbent was. And I'm not going to start throwing out names and give anyone um, advantages. But it was a little disheartening from my position to see some of this going on. Having watched the mayoral debate, and I watched all of it, and it was two hours. It was two hours. Two hours. Of, seven till nine. Of boy, there were some moments in there when it was. There were again, again. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to embarrass people. But there were a couple of moments. If you've ever watched a comedian on stage who is bombing, and you have that uncomfortable, awkward, angst feeling, yeah. that's what I felt like sometimes. But it got me thinking. You know, and Lauren Lauren Lieberman, who was in here last week at yeah. this time, brought this up. You don't want to remove municipal politics from the people. You want to make it so that anybody can run. That's the whole beauty of municipal politics. Agreed. However, I do think, and I've come to the conclusion that I believe that should extend to the council races. I think that the council race, if you want to charge people whatever it is, $100, $150, $200 to run, I think it's about 100 or 150 to put it in. That, that to me makes sense because council is the, ent- well, school board, some people would argue, but council is the entry level spot of politics that you're going to do. You should be throwing the gates open to anybody who wishes to run at that level. If you're running to be the mayor of a major metropolitan city, mm-hmm. I've come to the conclusion that the standard of what you have to be able to bring to the table to run should be much higher than it is. It should not be the same as a councillor. And if you can't put down, pick a number. If you say it's going to cost you $2,500 entry fee. Look, if you're a serious mayoral candidate and you can't raise or find people who will contribute $2,500, even if it's not $25 out of your pocket, if you can't find people yep. willing to stand by you and say, I believe enough in you, Mike Fortune, that I'll give you 10 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever else. If you can't find $2,500, you're wasting everybody's time. Yeah, and on top of that, it would be really nice to see some sort of a, a written platform by each of them that kind of maybe has to be submitted by the clerk or, or, or looked at or looked upon just so we know. You know how to kind of 
put your ideas and thoughts down on paper. So this isn't just about bashing the current mayor, the current count ward councillor. You actually have some thoughts and ideas that are going to help move this city forward as opposed to you just getting on your soapbox and, and calling people flakes and, and not doing the job well and being a complainer because that's what I found a lot of it being. People were just complaining because they're on TV and because they're on TV, they think they can just complain as opposed to putting together a well thought out plan and idea and thought. The other problem this created was we had 15 people running for mayor, and yep. as a result, our current mayor, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, said it's unfair to have a debate unless everybody is allowed to participate. Well, you had a debate. It was not by your fault. It was not particularly helpful because it got so bogged down. In, a, in order, You need to be able to whittle down who the serious candidates are and let them hash it out, and we didn't have that in this election. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. We're talking about the mayoral and the <clears throat> councillor, school board, whatever election, municipal election that's coming up on Monday. And Mike, in the last week, let's say there has been suddenly, and it's unusual because I don't think we've had this too often before, this rash of endorsements by people for the yeah. two sides. Bob Wade, former mayor, just endorsed, I think you said, just yeah. put out an endorsement for Fred Eisenberger. Just saw it about 33 minutes ago, came out. Bob Wade is endorsing uh, Mayor Eisenberger. Andrea Horvath, Horvath leader of the did. opposition today, did. And, uh, uh, we've got Bob Bertina and Robert Pasuda and others endorsing uh, Vito Scroll. Do you think in municipal politics, in any politics, do you think these endorsements mean anything? Do you think they carry any water? Do you think that someone says, Andrea Horvath told me to vote this way, therefore I must vote this way? I think it does give a little bit of credibility. I think it does help the the mayors, potential mayors and mayor, to have that extra little bit of oomph. Andrea has a great relationship. Uh, this this city is orange. This is an orange town. And if Fred can build that relationship with Andrea, get the endorsement, which he has, Maybe some calls will start going to Andrea's office or maybe Sandy Shaw's office. Well, why should I be voting for Fred now? And maybe they can help him out behind the scenes, just like they might be doing calling up Bob Bertina. And Bob's going to say why you should be voting uh, for Vito Scro. These are very powerful people. They've had their names. They've in the media for quite a while. They know the ins. They know the outs. Is it necessarily the right thing to do? I think at this point, the gloves are now off. Does it help it though? Time. Does it help? All right, so we have the I, leader of a provincial party that is not the governing party. The entire platform, the entire issue for this election is the LRT, which is a billion dollars that we are hoping and expecting to get from the provincial government. Mm -hmm. Does it help that uh, one of the mayoral hopes then is maybe seen to the Doug Ford government as being tied to the opposition? I'm, I'm going to answer this with a with kind of a smart-ass comment. Can it hurt? It, yes. Well, I, it could I don't hurt. think it can hurt. Sure, I don't it could. think it can hurt. If, he, if, if the Conservatives decide that Fred Eisenberger is not a puppet, but is closely tied to the NDP, why do they want to work with that guy? But then they can say the same thing about Vito Scro and tied to the Liberals. I'll, well, yeah, fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. And right? we don't have someone who is running because as a conservative. Because we don't have a PC candidate or a PC uh, member right now who's who's backed any one of them. It's kind of funny. You're watching them. They're staying wet, well out of it. Now, yes, we did have MPP Skelly help out with a phone uh, survey uh, a couple of weeks ago, but no one has endorsed from the PC side. So here you have the two colors on either side, and you got blue going right up the middle, and I bet the PCs are just loving this right now. Well, one of the really interesting things about this election, and it's clear, we saw this poll that came out yesterday. We were talking about it on the show last night. Matthew Van Dongen from The Spectator, who broke the story, yeah, was on here last night, did a great job. And he pointed out in that survey, and you can find it online at thespec.com, you can find that story that he wrote in the poll, that the number one issue, by a mile, is the LRT. 33% yep. say that is the number one issue. And when you go to that issue, this city is split right down the middle, 50-50. And here's one of the interesting things that I've been thinking about for a while now, Mike, and that is we have this position in the city that seems to be taken that says you either take the LRT or you hope that Doug Ford is going to come through with the money. Now, I'm not arguing one way or the other, but that's not an entirely accurate position to have in this city to say it's either locked in LRT or you hope for the money because you know what Doug Ford 
could just as easily cancel the LRT. That we are we one whether you like it or not, we are at the whim of the provincial government for this project or for any project regardless of whether it's LRT or other infrastructure. Not one of these is guaranteed. Of course, and that's why I think it's extremely important to dig a little bit deeper with each of these candidates to see what is on the rest of their platform. We've heard the term. This is a wedge issue that's being put in there. We have one candidate who's being extremely aggressive. We have another candidate who's being very laid back, and that's what we know. That's how he operates. But all of a sudden, we are now in a position where we we don't know how this is going to turn out. Monday, eight o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock, the results will be in. So it's a wedge issue. But you got to dig deeper. You got to see what other substance is beyond LRT. I think that is so important. Poverty, affordable housing, policing, uh, first responder, like you name it. The list goes on and on. There's so much more. Do you know what the number city of, t- of over half a million people? And the funny thing is, number two on the list on that survey, number two on the list of things that is second most important. Thirty-three percent of people mm-hmm. said LRT was number one. Right. That was by far the most. More than double the next one. The next one. Property taxes, which nobody's talking about. So, yet yet you see all the signs out there, so much is being talked about, fix infrastructure. That was like four or five down the list. So it shows right there that it's, it. I don't even know if this poll was done properly. We, we truly don't know. Look, I, we don't know. Forum Research is a, it's an established polling place. It's not Bob's house of polling. I mean, we know that there's some <laughs> credibility with this thing, right? So it's not like we're completely... We have to, I think we can make some fair assumption that it is, it is a reasonably done mm-hmm. poll. Are the numbers exact? I don't know. Did they? It's not did, a perfect science. It's never a perfect science. We saw what happened in the U.S. presidential election. Polling is not a perfect science. We don't know how close. We'll find out very shortly how close yes, we will. this is. But I just, I, I look at this thing and I think, you know what? We're not hearing... Other, uh, take away the LRT, and I know we can't, but strip away the LRT. The second thing is property taxes, and I have barely heard a word about that in this election campaign from anybody, c- councillor or mayor. When I interviewed uh, candidate Vito Scro yesterday on Cable 14 on City Matters, which is actually on uh, free preview this weekend, so anyone that has internet, go to cable14now.com. Hopefully I can talk about that here, Scott. That's, by the way, that's Cable 14 Now. You're not saying go now. Cable14now.com. No. Cable14now.com. You can see Fred's interview that I did on Tuesday. You can see Vito's uh, interview that I did yesterday. And I asked him about that, about taxes. It was a brief question with a brief answer, but it did come up because it had to come up. I asked yep. about taxes. He's, he, he basically, and I, I'm ad-libbing here. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to ad-lib. You go cable14now.com and you watch and you listen. We need some views on it. <laughs> well, we need views and we need people to vote. And we need people to vote but with educated. We need people you. to vote educated. Yeah, yeah, they need to know what they're voting for. It's really, really important. You've got all weekend. If Spend you've done no research and you just like the color of a sign, do us all a favor. Don't go out and vote. Uh, Cable14now.com, go to 900chml.com, see the two interviews or hear the two interviews with Fred and with Vito that we're on here. Go to thespec.com, go to chch.com, use the resources you have and make your decision properly with intelligence. no one can say there isn't enough information out there because the spec 900, Cable14, other journalists have done a lot of homework and a lot of research to get people's voices out there who are running. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. We have talked and everybody has talked about cannabis until we are green in the face. However, (laughs) the follow-up to the cannabis legalization this week came in the fact that the federal government says we are going to expedite now the possibility for people to be able to purge their records of any kind of cannabis possession convictions. We're going to make it so easy so that if you have one on your record, you can have that taken away. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? The the law has changed. It's 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 now legal. And if if this is something that they want to do to help Canadians so they can cross the border, so they can spend more money elsewhere, hey, it doesn't affect me. I don't have a record. So at the end of the day, if you want to give a guy who's had under thirty grams and he, he you can you can wipe his expunge his record, sure, go for it. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. I don't really have too many crazy feelings on this one. This is what the government needs to do to show that this is a good idea, how we're going to progress and move forward. They're looking into the future. Then so be it. See, I have a huge problem with this. I have a massive problem with this, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you you why. 
what happened when you got your record for having the cannabis back then, for having cannabis back then, having marijuana, whatever else, was against the law. You chose at that time. Now, the law has changed, I understand. Mm -hmm. But when you did that, you knowingly were breaking the law that existed in the country. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that... It's not the fact to me what the particular law was. It was that you made a decision that you were not going to follow the laws of the country and you were going to break them and you got caught. And therefore, because the law changes, I don't think that you get a pass. It's not about the specific law. It's about the intent and about the action that you decided you were not required to follow what the country and what the government and what the laws said you had to do. That to me is the problem. It's the action, not the specific. But now looking and knowing so much more that we know about can- cannabis, and I don't think that came out of my mouth properly at all, but you know what I'm getting at here. It's it's for 30 grams or less. I understand so that. So it is such a small amount. Was it illegal? It was illegal, but it's such a small amount. And if if that's if that was the only thing on your record, and you all, you have to put that down every single time you fill out a job application or go to a new job or, or go for a license or it comes up on your record. You know what? I think it's nice that you get a bit of a clean slate. You have to remember. You can apply I'm for that anyway. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, but I'm fairly certain that this is going to be wiped off a lot of people's slates, but they might have a, a, a laundry list full of other charges against them. So that's why I'm not totally You could concerned. have gone to get this expunged. You could have asked for a lawyer and you could have gone and got this taken off or worked to get it and off your record. And aren't you glad you anyway. didn't waste your time, your money, because now they're just going to do it for you. Here's my Simple. question with this one. This is And this is partially why it bugs me. Let us say that five years ago, I got a speeding ticket because I was going 60 in a 40 zone or 60 in a 50 zone or whatever it was. And somehow the city decides to raise the speed limit along that street. Should I be able to go and say, I want a refund because you've changed the law and what I do, what I would now, that would not have been illegal. I want that off my insurance. I want that off my insurance record for premiums. And I want my money back for the amount that I paid in that speeding ticket. And you would say, no, that's idiotic because the speed limit at that time, you broke it. That's my point to this. It's not the small amount of cannabis. It's not the what the crime was, it's that you decided you didn't have to follow the laws of the country. And I don't think we should just be casual with that saying, well, as long as you don't, I mean, if you decide it's not a big crime, then eh, who cares? Someday it'll be taken off your record. If it's a rule, we have laws in this country for reasons. You may agree with them. You may disagree with them. But this is a law that's now changed. But it was not changed at the time that you broke that law. But it changed 20 years later. And guess what? We're going to give you a free pass now. See, I would argue that if you had been caught, now the police, I think, basically, as far as I would expect, that in the last number of weeks prior to the law changing, they probably weren't cracking down on anybody being caught with drugs. But if you had been caught... With cannabis, the day before the law changed, Mm -hmm. in my mind, when you go to court, the court should not say, well, the law has changed. We're going to throw this out. You broke the law that existed. There are lots of laws that change over time. Some get thrown out. And this is a law that's changed. So, so you know what? Give them, give them the opportunity now. Like I said, I'm not too concerned about such a small amount of marijuana because I know probably most of these people have laundry lists full of of other crimes against them. And maybe I'm painting them all with one brush. People are going to get mad at me and I apologize. No, I'm but sure there are people who have this as the only thing on the record. I have no doubt. And, the, and then, hey, isn't this a beautiful thing? You, you can you can go and, and move on with your life now. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. We are chatting about the Canadian government Trademark saying they that. are going to expedite pardons for people who have convictions for cannabis for marijuana possession. I am totally against this more than I'm not against the idea of people going and getting a, a pardon because there's been a process for that all the way along, but I don't love the idea that just thousands, because apparently 500,000 Canadians have this on the record, which is a lot of people. It's a big number. And how many of those 500,000 are records from when they were were teenagers and they were, you know, they had a little bit on them because they wanted Agreed. to go to a party and I bet be the cool. Number, I bet the number is probably 400,000 of that. Yeah. Is probably teenage, but you... It's so, it's... 
So why? So if that was the case, if this was the idea that this was just a little thing, and the people, and then why did we not have it built into the law that says in ten years, if you behave, this will just go away? Because we have that. We, I mean, because that would be forward thinking. That would be visionary. That would be, oh my gosh, that would be the government actually looking ahead and and thinking of a great idea instead of just doing a last minute thing. This was obviously a very rushed decision that probably took a few months for them to decide. This is how we're going to do it moving forward. But the decision is in. Marijuana is now legal because at the same time, there are still so many gray areas regarding all of this that, the, you know, I feel sorry for any police department out there at what they have to well, deal yes. with still. So, but what if other things change? What if, because, because the cannabis being legalized is essentially the result of social mores and social attitudes changing towards this. This has driven yeah. a government to say, we're going to change this. What if other social mores change? So what if... Such right, as? Well, okay. an example. Right now, we are in the height of the Me Too movement. I am fully of the opinion that while Me Too has a lot of things to offer and things we should be paying attention to, there is going to be a pendulum swinging back the other way because it has gone too far too fast. Not in the sense that we should be more aware of what sexual assault is and... But there are things that we have clearly seen where due process of any kind is being ignored. People are being convicted in the public eye before any kind of evidence is brought forward. I think there is going to be a pendulum swing back. Hopefully not all the way back. We want it to land in a proper place. We want to find the sweet spot. However, what if when the pendulum swings back, someone says, well, you know what? A guy going up to a woman at a party and just kissing her without her consent, which now today would be considered sexual assault. What if we say, no, that's fine. So do we want then all the people who have had this happen, who really were offended or something else to be able 10 years, 20 years down the road to say that didn't actually ever happen. That wasn't really wrong. Like my point, and that's probably a bad example. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. It's a really tough and sensitive one, but I'm going to simply say this, anything is possible. And at some point, maybe that might change. It's quite possible. We don't know. We don't know what's going to change with the social mores and w- and with the with the way culture goes and what people are accepting of and not, because that's what drives these law changes. Well, I think what we're certainly learning is, is you don't put your, you don't even, you, you don't put your hand on anyone. You don't go up in legislator and even tap someone on the shoulder because you're, yes. you're going to be accused of okay. something. And that's where we are today. Right. That's where we are today. So the, and so that would get you in trouble today if you did that. But right. we know... So hands to yourself, no trouble. But we look, we look down, we look back and we see yep. what's happening with the Sir John A. McDonald stuff and with other people where people are being judged by different standards. But the point is, the point is that if things change, does it mean that if you broke the law today that you didn't really break the law. That's my problem with this is you, it's not, I, I hate to keep being repetitive. It's not what the law was. It's that you decided that you were not required to follow the law that existed. That's why you you have a record. And it's quite possible. This is going to be a generational thing. And, and where will it be? Where will all of this be? The Me Too mo- movement, the marijuana. Look, let's look, let's, if we can go into the future, another generation from now, where will this be? Will laws be changed? It is quite possible. Anything is open for um, that opportunity, which I think is great in the fact that's, that's why we live in such a great country. Should anybody have on their record dealing drugs? Since our government is now the biggest drug dealer well, in the world. Dealing, dealing drugs. Dealing drugs is clearly legal now and clearly okay because well, our no, government dealing, has become a dealer. Uh, dealing drugs is, is not legal. You can't. Oh, it is for our government. They're not dealing. They're selling it. They're, they're, it's the same thing. It's, a, it's exactly the same but thing. But they're, they're, de- they're selling something that is now legal, that has been proven under the right conditions, grown properly with prescriptions, so on and so forth, or for recreational use. Like alcohol, because at one time, wasn't alcohol illegal? But I'm saying, so down the road, again, my point is this, that if you're a dealer today and we get more well, and more comfortable with this. What kind of dealer are we, are we talking about? Someone who grows it in their backyard re- or in their basement or on their farm. And we're now so comfortable with this that if you now have a grow up, should you have your conviction expunged from growing your stuff well, or selling it? Well, that's where one of the laws are great because between you, Will and I, in our basement, in our backyard, we can grow up to four plants each. Now, are you allowed to grow that plant and then resell it? I don't think you are, but that's where the law is gray. I don't know what the rule is to that. It is an interesting one. I'd love to hear but from you. But there is still the black market. There is. Well, it, right? Because for now, for now, there's all this Until talk. their records get expunged. 
You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Yesterday. Yesterday. Story from National Post yesterday, which says essentially there are now three hedge funds that are banding together to put forward a $19.5 million bid that they would then, if they win this bid, they will own the treasures of the Titanic on the seafloor. That's pretty cool. Now it doesn't, it's unclear. This story is unclear. And I'm, uh, although I'm reasonably certain that it doesn't mean they will own the Titanic or the wreck of the Titanic, just the things that are in it, the, the teacups, the it, silverware, if you could find Rose's diamond of the sea or whatever it's called that, that she threw back in the water. <laughs> Cause you know, that movie was a documentary. Oh, it's spot um, on. It, but it, you, it, whatever, yeah, teacups, shoes, yeah. furniture, if you could bring it up. And and maybe, it's hard to say, again, this, the story is not exactly clear, uh, things that have already been raised from the Titanic. Okay. Uh, so That adds some interest to it then. But they're putting forward, so there have been 5,500 items already recovered from Titanic, including a bowler hat, um, old bags, uh, bronze angels, statues, on and on and on. Does it say what the purpose is? Why these companies are doing this? What is their Well, they want to own... They, now, they are saying they want to buy this and then put it on display. They're, okay. they're saying, and we don't know this, they're saying the plan is not to then go and like auction this off or throw it on eBay. You're not going to find the bathtub from first class cabin on <laughs> Titanic on eBay for 50 bucks. I, I, I hope that... Because who who owns all this? Who owns all these artifacts now? Because if that is the case, that they do want to do this, I hope there would be something steel clad that says you own this, but you can now no longer sell it, reproduce it, uh, well, make any know. money off of this, unless it's for historical purposes. It's 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 for educational purposes. It's unclear who. And again, I'm looking at this um, right now. Who owns it? The, the bid is again. And here's where it gets complicated. The bid is being put against a bid by a group from British Museums, the National Geographic Society, and okay. James Cameron, who was the director oh. of Titanic. So, and his passion for this is huge. So you know it's going to be in good hands. But one way or another, it sounds like they already have brought a bunch of stuff up from the bottom of the sea. Oh, and yeah. Either the museums want to keep the stuff down, rest of the stuff down there, or bring it up for museums. I guess the question is, do you have any problem with bringing up things from a shipwreck? And Titanic is obviously the most famous one. Do you have, there are people who believe that it should be left exactly as it is because it's a grave site and nothing should be touched. Or do you, are you okay with the idea of recouping these things? I, I've never really heard of that until you mentioned it. I never really heard of that, that or thought that is it actually a gravesite, which it is. However, you can learn so much. And because technology has allowed us these opportunities to go hundreds, if not a thousand or two feet into the, the great unknown, isn't it exciting? Is it fun to find out? educational to find out what life used to be like because they have found so many wonderful things not only from the titanic's wreck but from other wrecks that have happened as well you you get a sense you get a feel you learn some things about that era that time maybe there's even some information that you find out about where they were going so if you look at it as an educational purpose i have no issues with it the grave thing is interesting and and if you if you still so I'd have a problem if you, if you found a skull like if you but found a sc if you found a skull for scientific purposes if you can bring that up well okay if it was for science respect it if learn it was, something from it if it was for some kind of experiment that was to determine something about but, I mean I don't know what you could possibly use, but I'm thinking no if you were if you own the contents and you contents and you find a skull and you say hey we can put this on display that I would find. Yeah, no, di un distasteful I, because you've got a because it is a grave site. It I is. have no problem if you went to grave if you go to ha to the grave site of the the cemetery on York Boulevard there at Dundurn mm -hmm. Street, and you were to say, you know, people go and put flowers there. People yeah. it, they they touch up they change the grave site, but they don't dig up the body. So could you not say the same though about all the tombs in Egypt and what you when you you find? But they that, have pulled out the bodies there. I, I know. So that's that's the same thing then. But what are they doing it for? They're doing it for research. They're looking to find out more about our civilization and how we have evolved as a human. Would you, 
would you be... All right, so let me back up for a second. If they were to find a skeleton, and I, I have no idea if... I, I'm not smart enough to know if biomass could have possibly survived for this long, even in those frigid waters with whatever. But if they did, if they found a skeleton or found a skull or whatever else, would you be okay with them bringing that up? Completely fine with it. Again, for science purposes, so we can learn more. What if it was to be put on display? As this is one of the people who was on the ship. Here is John Smith, whomever, whatever. If you are able to do all your scientific research, if you are able to somehow through DNA go through the process and somehow bring it to um, uh, uh, a great, great aunt, great, great uncle or something like that, explain the situation and have a very nice tribute. And if you get permission from the family, if that's possible, then yes, why not? And if you can't because identity unknown can't find it, again, if you do it in a respectful manner... I have no problem with that at all. Okay. Now leaving aside the idea of a person, if you were to find a teacup or a suitcase or a chair or whatever, because they brought up a bunch of these things, like the, the list of things that they have brought up, there are chairs from the deck that are now on display. Yep. There are wall lamps, there are hats and all these things. Would you have a problem with that being sold at auction? See, I have a big problem with the body thing, but if you know what, if a chair from Titanic went up at auction and someone could make some money off it, I, I, I actually don't have a problem with that. I don't it's either. It's a thing. It, it's, it's, it's a tangible thing. And there are people that are huge fans of the Titanic. And for them to be able to have a piece of history in their hand, it's no different, when, and maybe it is, I'm going to what I know, it's no different than what they're doing with some of Elvis's stuff. They're auctioning off an airplane, uh, a Cadillac of his, because you have such a passion for Titanics or sunken ships, or you have an interest or a, a fascination about it, if you can own something that was down underwater for a hundred years, I think that's kind of cool. You'd brag about it. It would be a showpiece in your house. Again, it makes me skittish if it was something that belonged directly to a person who was on the ship. Because like, kind of like it's different. I understand. So hear me out before I finish, because it's, it's, it's not a c- close comparison, but like in the war when the Nazis took all the Jews' artifacts or took all their arts or whatever else, those things belong to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe just because they sunk, I, I, the effort should be made. If it's a something belongs to somebody, it should they, you should try to return it to the family. Of course. But if it is a piece of the ship, and by the way, I believe they should be doing that, and they try to do it with the war things as yes. well that were yes, grabbed. I have. mean, the Jewish people who had that stuff stolen from them should have that returned to them if possible. But if it's, if it's something from the ship, if it's a deck chair, if it's a mm-hmm. bell, if it's a whatever, I am, I got no problem with anybody. You know, the whole thing about the cemetery or the gravesite then, I have no problem with them auctioning that off. And if you want to pay $25,000 for a mm-hmm. deck chair, good for you. If, if you got the money and it's, it's there and it makes sense and all the research has been done, I think I've said this a couple of times already, and it's been documented go for it. Why not? Let the history live on as opposed to it being buried away or, or put uh, behind a, a glass shelf. Kind of like in Toy Story. You know how the toys were going to go to a museum out in Japan and instead they said, no, we want to be played with. We want to go back to Andy. That's, you know, keep it out there. Keep it alive. Did I go too far there? <laughs> no, I think, I think any kind of Titanic story <laughs> and Toy Story <laughs> being melded together is a beautiful thing. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Kristen Bell is an actress. You probably know her from such movies as Couples Retreat and <laughs> what else do I know her from, Will? Uh, the Good Place currently. Oh, yeah, she's Veronica in The Good Mars. Place. That's right, yes. Okay, so she's, she's in a lot of different stuff. She's also Anna in Frozen. She is the Disney princess. Well, Mike, this week she had an interview with Parents Magazine in which she was talking about Snow White, the Disney movie, the classic Disney movie, Snow White. And at the end of the movie, you know what happens at the end of the movie, Snow White has eaten the apple and she has fallen into a deep sleep, into a deep unconsciousness. And Prince Charming comes along and gives her a kiss and she comes back to life and they live happily ever after. Well, Kristen Bell doesn't like that because she says that that, essentially, that kiss was a sexual assault (laughs) and... The princess did not ask to be kissed and she kissed and she tells her daughters now that that's inappropriate and that's really not, that shouldn't be allowed because you shouldn't be getting kissed when you're asleep. 
Are okay. we? Uh, and I okay. Have we gone know, too far on this? Is, are, are is we, that where we're going? Are we digging a little? I mean, I listen. I get that we are being very sensitive to these things, but it, so he the, like when I watched that movie, and it's been a while since my kids were young enough that I was watching Snow White. But to the best of my knowledge. Prince Charming comes along and he doesn't ram his tongue into her mouth and he doesn't grope her. He gives her a little peck and she comes back to life. It's, to me, this is innocent and this is not what you, this is not the hill to die on about sexual assault. This was the sign of the times. I just Google it so I don't know this. I'm not that smart, folks. 1937, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. A fantasy romance. Which you're not even allowed to call it that probably today. If you were, it would be Snow White and the Seven Little People. No, Snow White and the Seven Little People. That's now the title would be different. It's it's a sign of the time. It's 1937, folks. It was a much simpler time back then. At least we look at it. I'm sure it was very rough for them back then at the time. But in regards to everything that's going on that gets us all riled up because of social media. You know what? I think Kristen, you know, so I love how people can come out and make these comments. You know what she should have done? She should have backed it up by having an alternate ending. How would you like it to end? How are we going to? Well, everything gets remade now nowadays anyway. Remake the movie, Kristen. This to me, yeah, she could. And maybe she will. Maybe she will. But this to me seems. Let's come up with some alternate endings for her right now, Scott. Well, just a second. We can. But this to me, the the problem with this thing is there there will be people who will be taking this very seriously and agreeing with her. But this to me is a very innocent kind of thing. This is not, and yet if we turn these kind of things into that this is a sexual assault, it, to me, again, it's like so many other things we've talked about before. It belittles sexual assault. It, this, if you watch the movie, he gives her a peck. It is, a, it is basically almost an innocent, mm-hmm. no, almost a non-romantic, non-sexual peck. And to, to somehow now create the argument that this is an indication of sexual assault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Some people out there are going to agree with her. This is that's not what this is. If we are going to go this route, then you have to get rid of uh, Dean Martin standing on the corner watching all the girls go by. Uh, you're going to have to get rid of a bunch of Elvis songs because of the, the bunch the, of every songs. The, basically, the wording. Well, wait a second now. No, but I'm, I'm saying like there'll be you, Beatles songs the, that you can't play. Exactly. That's my point. Every band has a song that somewhere you're going to find some lyric in it that you're going to say, well, that that kind of makes me uncomfortable. You're going to have to shut everything down and come up with all new material and we, we start civilization um, right from the get-go again. If, if that's the route you want to go because of an innocent movie that was filmed in 1937 that is an all-time classic, then, um, hey, and... Is there not something, and Scott, may, maybe Will, I'm not sure, there are there are websites out there where Disney on purpose puts little sexual innuendos in well, there, all there of their movies. That, yeah. There are stories. And if you slow down the movie or if you capture the screen frame, you can actually see certain things. Who's looking for this? Well. The, she also says, by the way, uh, that she talks to her children in the Snow White story uh, about why would Snow White accept the apple from the strange witch? Because she, you know, you would never take food from a stranger. Well, again, okay, it is an animated movie. It mm-hmm. is kind of the story, and yes, you can make that. I, look, I, it's I, a fairy tale. What about Robin Hood? Uh, not Robin Hood. A Little Red Riding Hood. I mean, well, all of them. I mean, exactly. literally every every Disney movie, pretty much. What pe- about the ones that break into the cottage and try all the porridge? And what was that one? Well, yeah, that's break and enter. Yeah, exactly. B and E, like you know. So break and enter, robbery, theft. <laughs> How? Where? Where is this going to end at some point? It's it's truly ridiculous. Well, it's going to end when you can create a story or a movie or a book or whatever else that absolutely offends nobody. And I'm waiting for the thing that can reach that because somebody is offended by everything. There's always somebody who will... So if you say he shouldn't kiss her, well, why shouldn't he kiss her? Or it should be uh, 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 the, the instead of Prince Charming, it should be Princess Charming who comes and kisses her. But it shouldn't be... It should be... I mean, you should ask her permission before you do this. Well, so she's maybe unconscious. What, maybe it's, what you have to do is now you have to create movies where the audience picks. gets to choose how they want to see 
how the princess is going to wake See, up. Now there, now you may be onto something here. You get an, uh, you come into the theater, you yep. get an iPad. Yep. And after a few seconds, it goes, it pauses okay. and goes, okay, choose A or B. Before we talk about this too much, we have to patent and copyright this. If that's true. Because Spielberg... Someone's going to take this now. Before this comes along, though, the patent I want to see, because it happened once upon a time and then it went away, I want to see smell vision <laughs> Once upon a time, Mad Magazine made a movie, okay. and it was in smell vision And when yeah. you came into the theater, you had a scratch and sniff thing, and it would pop up like, number one, you had to scratch it, and it was a fart, or number two, and it was a skunk, <laughs> or number three, and it was a whatever. I think that now we have the technology that you should be able to have smells in, in movies. S- smell your movie and be able to pick how you want the movie to go. Why not? I think it's great. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sad. And then think about all the fun you could have with all the movies. Like p- imagine how, if you had a, a tablet and you could pick out how you really wanted Porky's to end up going or something like that. <laughs> Look, I, I'm sad that we are belittling that sensitive no that we are that well yes that we're that sensitive that we are belittling real sexual assault because real sexual assault is unquestionably we're not belittling it it's it's a problem it's an issue this kind of thing and we've said this so many times this kind of thing belittles it and makes people not take it seriously because you are you're, you're creating an argument about something that is not a problem a, a cartoon character placing a peck on the lips of someone and not an aggressive thing, not a rapey thing, a peck on the lips. And, you know, the argument also was that, well, why does it have to be a man? It's, a, it's the patriarchy. Why does a man have to come along and save the woman? Well, I do think, if I remember right, that somewhere in one of the other stories, it was a woman, a girl, a princess who kissed the frog and oh. saved him. Oh. And, right? and what about Beauty and the Beast? She helped him become a uh, look so internally it, and become a better it, rather person. Rather than think so deeply into all these little stories and enjoy them for what they are. They are yeah. silly diversions that are not offensive. They're only offensive if you really work hard to make them offensive. Yeah. You have to be really working hard. Many years ago, after we came back from Disney World, we family had gone for the first time to Disney World. My parents had gone with us, mm-hmm. with my kids and my, and my wife and I. And we came back and you know what? We had had a, just a, a wonderful time, as they would say in Disney World, a magical time. Yep. And we came back and we're talking to somebody and they said, you know, I can't, I can't do Disney. It's just so saccharine. It's just so sad. And I said, you know what? You go to Disney World and when you go through the gates, you have to tell yourself, I am here to put my... Your, your Whatever daily worries, away. you got to... I am walking in with the attitude that I am here to have a Disney You're putting your thing. life on hold. You are going to experience something different. It's And it's a, you're, you're in a Disney mindset. I'm here to not be worried about reality. This is not reality. Heaven I, forbid if we're allowed to use our imaginations. Or just enjoy something without having to be concerned about how is someone being offended by this. Exactly. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Bringing Rick Zamperin into the studio as well. He is going to be on in a little while with fifth, the fifth quarter after the Ticats game. They've just gone up uh, 14 to 6 yes. on the Ottawa Red Blacks in a must-win game. Rick will be on later tonight with the fifth quarter. You can call. You can talk about what happens. Uh, you can do it. You can do it while smoking a joint, I suppose, if you really you want could. to. You could. This will be my first, because Ted did the last fifth quarter, this will be my first experience in the new era of uh, recreational cannabis use in this nation. This could be and an interesting We'll, we'll see quarter. how it turns out. Show. Yeah. <laughs> if they win, because if they lose, people drink and they get mad. If they win, they might be like mellow and just... They might. <laughs> Even if they lose, they might be mellow. Oh, hey, it's all right. We'll get them next <laughs> we'll get week, them guys. Next week. We're going to get to the Ticats <laughs> in a minute. But I did want to ask you about that. We played Witchy Woman coming in by the Eagles. I right. saw this story today. Actually, I heard this story driving in today. I never heard this before. There was a woman in uh, Milton, yep. a psychic today, who has been charged by police with extortion. She did something. <laughs> she apparently scammed, uh, allegedly scammed a woman of over $60,000. She's charged with extortion, fraud, and witchcraft. Witchcraft slash witchcraft. fortune craft. Yeah, but who knew we had a witchcraft <laughs> charge on the books? Yes. Who kn- I did not know. Here's that my that question. Was, and yes. this is what we were debating in the newsroom. Did she today. know the police were coming? How did she not see this coming? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, yeah. get those tarot cards out. And uh, if you're a psychic, 
you have given yourself away as a fraud yes. if you do not escape before the police show up to arrest you. That should be like Spidey senses Spidey tingling, sense, no? Number one, and I, when I first heard the story, I'm honestly thinking, who is that stupid? Who is that gullible that you're just forking out more and more money? $60,000. Well, sixty k. Come yeah. on. Like, really? At some point, did well, a red flag and not go up and say, hmm, this is one expensive uh, tarot card reader? You know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I do agree, and I wouldn't be one of those individuals who would subscribe to that, but... Uh, late night TV and the infomercials make <laughs> millions upon millions of dollars with the stupidest gadgets that no one needs, yet people still buy them thinking that they're going to be the be-all and end-all either health-wise yes. or help them with their lives or Fair make enough. their lives easier. And we've had some faith healers who have taken yeah. people. I mean, And you know what? It, there are, like any other thing, there are some people who are upstanding and doing it for, and there's others who are shysters. Or, mm. Is that a word? I, I don't even Shyster? know if that's a... Is that a shyster's a word. Go uh, for it. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I don't know if that's an uh, offensive word now. If, if if is that's it? an offensive I'm word, because sure. I've never used it before until this moment. If that is, I apologize. I don't know what that. I don't know if that's a word you can use in 2018. But I think we're fine. I would say it's I'm not, not man size Kleenex. Yeah, it's uh, problem. You heard that story yeah. earlier this weekend. I just I thought that word all of a sudden <laughs> when it came out of my mouth, I thought I, I've never used that. But I bet you uh, probably that's now got some sort of connotation. Someone has taken offense to that. I, I sure. apologize for that because that was not my and intent. And if they but hadn't before, they are they now. Are now. <laughs> yes, I should have <laughs> just <laughs> let it slide by. <laughs> but here's the other one. Here's the other one from this week, which blew me away, talking about laws that we have in Canada. The criminal code <laughs> is being... Did you hear about this? this it, now, this also is from Global News. It was probably on this station at right. one point. Canadian Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould is announcing a bill that is going to strengthen our bestiality laws. Mm-hmm. How... And basically what it sounds like, and I'm not going into the details, this is not the time or the place to explain what's legal and not legal with what you can do sexually with an animal, because it's yeah. all disgusting. Right. But I'm reading what they're trying to put in place here, and I'm thinking, how are these not laws not in place already? I, I understand most of what the bill is about, and that is protecting our animals, which you know I'm all, I'm all for. But when you're talking about, let's just call it relations with your pet... Or an animal? How is that not already illegal? I have no idea how this wasn't in a law somewhere already. And apparently it, it wasn't. That, that That's disturbing on many levels. Yes. It's, it's on so many levels. But Mike and I were talking last hour about the cannabis laws and stuff. And it seems like we have laws coming out the yin-yang. We have laws about everything. Mm-hmm. How is How did this slide did through this where one? we go, wait a second, you having <laughs> relations with a horse or something doesn't seem to be a problem. Like it just, we yeah. have a weird country. We have a weird country. We have witchcraft laws, but no laws about that. I, I, I don't quite understand. Strange. Strange. Hey, while you're uh, both here, because we're going to... I don't even t- know what to say. No, neither do I. I'm going <laughs> to leave it there. It's just, it was just an oddity to me that this story came up out of the blue... And I just thought, that's bizarre that we don't mm-hmm. have that already enshrined as a, as a law. I but, wonder what provoked this Well, to I'm be. sure. We don't even want to know. Yeah. We don't even want to know. Y- usually there's an incident yes. or, or something. Dr. Doolittle has been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to know. But all right, let me change topics completely yes, while I have you because we're going to go to the cats in just a few moments. But this story may be the best one ever. And I, 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 am, I am planning on doing this. I really am. Okay. Jeff Probst. Do you know who Jeff Probst is? Yes. Yep. The host of Survivor. Yep. A couple of weeks ago said Canadians are now eligible to be on Survivor. Oh, no. Oh, no. Would you do Survivor? Because <laughs> I, I am absolutely serious. You would I audition? Am, I am putting in an application. I am... I'll I have, cheering I am, you on from my I have couch. no hope of being chosen because of how I look in my underwear walking around yeah. on the beach all day long. <laughs> have you seen some of the people that they brought yeah. on that show? Yes, oh, yeah. I have. And, and they're I boxers? Have, well, I know. Uh, would and you ever do Survivor? Would you do a game show? Would you do something like this, specific, specifically Survivor? My wife, my wife has told me that I'm not allowed to do any type of those reality game shows. I'm, nice. I'm banned. I, I'm not allowed to. Not goes, on The Bachelor. No. <laughs> 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 I'm not allowed to do Big Brother, Big so Brother? I won't be able yeah. to do Survivor because apparently I don't play nice with others and I don't want to embarrass her. So what about Naked and Afraid? Well, so I have an inside joke with one of my <laughs> colleagues Man, about that. The gerbil I, was running I, in my I, mind on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that show is 
fully edited and scripted. <laughs> and when they go to commercial break, they're chowing down on pizza and everything, and they're yeah. they're lotioning up with stuff. See, I don't even care if they're chowing down on pizza. To me, the most uncomfortable thing on TV is two strangers in the wilderness, <laughs> one with a machete and one with a map, and they're just then they're looking at each other, trying to go eyes, eyes, <laughs> don't look anywhere but eyes. Uh, if you've never seen the show, I didn't hear Rick's Discovery answer. Channel. Well, I, you know what? I haven't, I haven't watched Survivor since season three. Really? You know, season one was great. Season two was good. Season three was okay. Enough already. Uh, so I'm not a big fan, but I would do Amazing Race. You know, it's one of my yeah. favorite shows. See, now you and I could you go get on to travel together. around can... the world. You do some fun things. Why don't we? Why don't we make a bond here that we'll do it together? We can if do we it. Can get on. Jesse yes. Lumsden did it, or not what? Jesse? Uh, Neil Lumsden and his daughter. That's right. Yeah, they yeah. did. I it. was rooting for them, and they didn't. Uh, do they something were on with the yeah. uh, Montani brothers, who were from Hamilton That's at right. that time. That's right. And weren't there a couple? Uh, We've had a couple female officers. Couple well, of one who was a police. Yeah, booted on the first show. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny because in they were on the very first year of Amazing Race Canada. And a, some number of months ago, I went to pick up some Chinese food, and one of them was in the restaurant. Oh, we wow. got chatting about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an interesting experience for them because they were the first ones off, and yeah. they, you know that's 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 something you wear for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think th- I think oh, yeah. you two would be a great team, though. I, I'm I, in. We'd be all. For I think it's great. It. Yeah. But get the know, audition I, tape going. Be the radio guys. I'm already <laughs> exactly, for Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> I'd absolutely be loving to be on Survivor. How long would you think you would last? Yeah, good question. As I mean, lo- really, you get on the show, you're on an island Are you physically in somewhere. Or socially? Physically and emotionally. I, well, both, I Physically, guess. I could last the whole time. I have no doubt that I could last without the Eating food rice and, and bugs. And, uh, eating rice and bugs. Really? I don't mind eating. Uh, I spent a summer in Papua New Guinea, up the middle of the Sepik River, yeah. and I had to eat a grub worm that was cooked one time. I can, that doesn't phase me. I can eat the whatever. Yeah. You want to pull a raw octopus out of the ocean and put it over the fire for a few minutes, I'll chow down <laughs> but on then, that. No problem. But, that, but, that, but you have to catch the octopus yeah, but that, okay. Then you got to create the fire. My bigger, oh, and then you got to do a challenge. My bigger problem would be that I would be, uh, I don't know how long it could be until I drive everybody on the island crazy and they vote <laughs> so me off. So you can vote off. Socially, I may have a bigger problem than physically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. we got to get rid of rallies. Your flame Talking would go out show number one. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, see, as long as it wasn't show number one. <laughs> right? That, that's Pass the problem. That's the worst. That's yeah. the worst. Just uh, You just fly under the radar until you become really annoying. Don't eat anything, work hard, la- mm-hmm. get sunstroke and be carried off in a stretcher and then you're fine because nice. then you're, you know, a hero. You don't win, but at least you don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> I, I am, I'm, I'm going to find out though how to do it. And, um, if the Scott Radley show goes on hiatus for a few weeks at some point, we'll because I'm on we'll Survivor, I will even, I will even accept gift pairs of underwear from <laughs> listeners to wear on the island with advertising on the butt. <laughs> there you go. Make a little cash on the side. Nice. <laughs> The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.